As scary as it is to talk about, it's impossible to ignore the current rise in inflation, the fragile state of the economy, and the potential for a global recession. And that's why this week, Gail and I are talking to Don Merklin, award-winning entrepreneur, sales coach, and consultant, speaker, author, and contributor to Forbes magazine. In this episode, Don will talk about how you can succeed even in difficult times and how to resist the panic that can take hold during a crisis. Hi, Don. Thanks for joining us today. We're excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me on the podcast. You two are so incredible and nice for letting me come on. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. We, we'll just pay you for that extra little bit. I love that you're all spiffed up for us today. <laughs> Looking good. Thank you. All right. Well, one of the reasons that I thought it would be fun to have you come and speak with us today is you spoke to one of our groups, our boardroom group back in the springtime. And I know our, our group really enjoyed hearing you. And you're a business coach to lots of other types of businesses and specifically around revenue and marketing and all sorts of things related to strategy. So I think today is the perfect day to talk about what we're experiencing right now, which is the fears that a lot of people have that the recession might impact their businesses. And this is especially after having gone through such a tumultuous time with COVID and all the things that people had to deal with. And I think what we're seeing and hearing is that Many people are just as busy as they were, but they're still fearful about what could happen because the economy has certainly affected the stock market, which has affected their clients, which can affect the mood around spending money on things that may or may not be necessary. So I think I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation, and I want to get your perspective on it. And then also, I would like for you to maybe think about some of the ways that our listeners can take that information and reframe it and then also think about what they can do in terms of marketing and sales to change their business and to protect it going forward. So Don, I'll let you jump in. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I'll weigh in on a couple of things. Before okay. I do, I want to first say how much I love that you have this type of a podcast that provides this type of information. I think about when I started my first business you know, we didn't have podcasts, uh, you know, mm -hmm. back in 2011, we had to go to a library and I had to call other people and say, what do I do? And how do we make these mistakes? And if we had something like this to listen to mm -hmm. and could listen to ideas and things, oh my God, so great. Right. So thank you for having a place where there can be a voice that you can provide information for so many people to grow their business. And I just, I know your listeners don't realize the work and effort you put in behind the scenes to get content and put everything together. It's awesome. It's really, really awesome that you do this. So Thank you. with that, let's, let's talk about re recession and, mm -hmm. and these things. The first thing that every business owner and interior design firm and everyone needs to remember is uh, this lesson that I, one of my greatest mentors taught me, which was never let a crisis go to waste. That's such an important lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, so many times now, if you remember COVID, now I see I live in Florida where we didn't believe in COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So we're a little bit different. Like it didn't affect our state like it did. Just hurricanes, else. not COVID. Yeah. Hurricanes. <laughs> and 
Uh, and we basically made COVID worse for everyone else because we didn't uh, follow protocol. But um, with COVID, no one knew COVID was going to occur, right? It just suddenly was here and impacted everyone so quickly. And then all we could do was react. This one is so much different than COVID because we know it's coming. We know we have time to prepare. That's an important principle for everyone to remember. You actually have time to do some things. I'm going to tell you some things to do. But before you get to any of that, remember the principle, never let a crisis go to waste. Some of the greatest in, in initiatives, inventions, and companies have come because of crisis. A perfect example is DoorDash. DoorDash was a, a fledgling idea until COVID grow, grew by 800% during COVID. Walt Disney started during the Great Depression, started during the worst economic calamity in world history. That small little business started. What a weird idea, start a business during the Great Depression. And it did. And now it, it is what it is today. So, and you think about the changes in telemedicine, telehealth, uh, mental and mental health in general, all blew up and even sometimes started during COVID. Mm -hmm. So the the recession is coming. And before you panic, look at it as what can it do for my business as opposed to how is it going to hurt my business? And I know that's a, you know, a coachy mindset thing, but that is important. You have to look at that first. How can I not let this cry? How can I help let this crisis help my business? Mm -hmm. Now let's take that mindset. We'll put that on the shelf first. And now let's talk about some real tactical things that can help you right away. The first thing you should do is cash flow matters. Mm -hmm. Every business owner knows this. I want to say every business owner. Gail, you work with a lot of business owners. Not every business owner knows this. Okay, um, we, you know, we work with a lot of business owners that don't know this and they need to know this. Mm -hmm. Cash flow matters. So before you get to any plans and ideas, learn and know how does your cash flow operate. And you have to really manage your cash flow and make sure you have a at least a cash flow plan to get through the recession. And you cannot cost cut your way to prosperity. So I don't care how lean you get, you will not cost cut your way through prosperity. So you have to either get lean in some places, but you're going to have to generate some revenue in other places. That gets to step number two, which is I want you to look at what you offer and who you offer to because the recession does not impact every business the same. Mm -hmm. There are certain industries that will thrive during recession. I'm going to name two, for example, anything in the mental or health spaces at all. So if you're an interior design group and you've only worked in residential, I would start now trying to get into any type of commercial that's in the mental health space that's doing any because there are mental health practices expanding all across the country. Every in almost every single city, including and hospitals expanding in almost every single city. I'd be working like crazy to get in connection with those places. They're going to spend money in recessions every time. And those are just some examples. I would be looking at every business that I could that is not impacted by a recession. The third thing is understanding what is the difference between bad debt and good debt. Because there is bad debt that you can have in the books, but then there is good debt, which helps you manage 
through a tight financial time that allows you to invest in the future. That's a longer financial discussion, but every business needs to learn and understand how to take on good debt to help them get through maybe a lean period, but that when the recession ends and the market starts to return, they can grab unbelievable amounts of market share Mm -hmm. and explode. Those are three little examples, Mm -hmm. uh, but um, little nuggets of things that I would have them do. Sure. Well, I think too about our business and some of the things we went through with COVID, that that was the time where when the scary things happen, you lean into it, you go for it. And if you can just take that attitude of, okay, I can't control what happened, but I can control what I do, that if you can figure out something that's positive, moving you toward some sort of a goal that will expand your business, that's the important thing. And that was the beginning of us thinking about our rebrand and what we were doing with our business. And um, and of course, today, we just happened to have launched our new brand today. So yay. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a really big decision that came out of the period of COVID. Yeah. And well, that's a perfect example. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. No, one of the things that we did right off the bat with COVID is we did what we call Operation Ignite. And I think it was a series of like 10 or 12 10. different mm-hmm. webinars Uh, where you could just come on and it was just a do good for the industry. We were like, let's just all come together and let's share our ideas and share our thoughts. And it was specific on specific topics. And it was so helpful. And we didn't even realize like the impact that it would have on the industry until, you know, later. And then we we keep hearing about it. Even um, a couple of weeks ago in Charleston at our boardroom retreat, we had a couple of boardroom members that that was their first experience with us was just coming on to a Free webinar because we were all gathering together as creatives to figure out how to navigate together. I I think that's a fantastic example of don't let a crisis go to waste. Like nope. it comes up, and I think another principle is if it doesn't work, don't stop. Just keep trying and just keep at it and keep at it. You know, so many times we will try something if there's you know a crisis occurs or like the recession's coming so we're going to try this new thing or try this new idea and it starts to be uncomfortable and starts to fail and we give up and we abandon it too quickly and i think that's a very important concept for every one of the listeners to remember is as a business owner we have to just keep at it and keep at it you know a small example it's a lame story this is a story that my when i tell my wife always rolls her eyes i can just see her rolling her eyes right now so when I, on my first business, when we started it, this was, these were the ideas we used to come up with when we were so broke. We had no cash flow, like none. And I got this idea one day, hey, I'm going to write for Forbes. Like that was the idea. If I write for Forbes, it'll solve all of our problems. You know, that's not a real strategy, by the way. <laughs> and none of your listeners should write that down. And but that was the idea. If I write for Forbes, it would work. So I started writing that down every morning as my goal. I will write for Forbes. And so I wrote um, uh, you know, an 800 word article. I sent it into Forbes and nothing. They didn't respond, they didn't send anything. And then the next month I wrote an 800 word article, I sent it into Forbes, no response, nothing. But every day I kept writing down my goal. I write for Forbes. Well, I wrote them a new article every month in 2013, 2014, 15, 16, 2017, all the way until May 2018, until they finally sent me an email and said, hey, we got this article. We'd like to bring you on as a contributor. I mean, I literally sent them over 50,000 words 
almost every single month and until they brought me on as a contributor. Mm -hmm. And that's how long sometimes it takes to get something to work. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to think of as a business owner is I got to try an idea and I got to stay at it no matter how many times I fail, but I have to stay committed until it works. I would agree. And I think that that's one of the things that I would say is the hallmark of a truly successful firm is that you understand that you're not always going to have nice, smooth waters and you've got to be able to sail through those or sail across the top of those waves. And the only way you do that is by trying new things. So innovation is one of the keys to succeeding during these tough times. And to me, the idea is that you create your own economy and you do it by being an innovator. And you don't have to do massive things to be an innovator. An innovator can be someone who says, let's try a different process because this different process might make us more efficient. So that's innovation. And it doesn't have to be something massive. So I think a lot of people think that, oh, I just, I'm a designer, I'm an architect, I'm something. And they put a title on themselves and then they limit themselves to what they currently know. And so I think one of the keys here is to remember that if you can break out of your normal way of thinking that you can solve any problem in the world, as long as you're not restricting yourself to what you currently know. So taking this time to educate yourself and to expand your knowledge base is very important right now. I you say, you I hear you say that all the time of you make your own economy. Yeah. And that is so right. I think if Moses had come down and had the 11th commandment, it would have been <laughs> you make your own economy. Right. Well, that would have been and Don is right. That would have been the 12th. <laughs> that but cool. you make your own economy and that is so true, right? Uh I had this saying I used to say all the time of everything is always figure outable mm-hmm. until somebody else wrote a book on it and and took the URL and now I don't say it anymore of licensing reasons. But um, it's so right. Like you can solve every problem. You know, you just got to get smart people in the room. You have to get rid of those limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and think, oh, wait a minute, we can figure this out. We've just got to keep trying and keep trying. And it's one of my favorite Tony Robbins bits that he does if you try, you fail, try again. And if that fails, try again. And if that fails, try again. And when that fails, try again. And when that fails and he gets the whole audience going and that whole concept of your, your own economy, we see that too many times with business owners where they're expecting the market to deliver or their clients to deliver. And no, you've got to deliver. If you're the owner, you've got to think sales every day. You've got to think business development every day. You've got to think what's my system that's going to deliver me clients and leads and opportunities that we can bring home and close every day. I think you're right on, regardless of the recession, regardless of the noise of the market around me, I'm still responsible. So I've got to go solve it. Well, there's business. It's not as if money has stopped flowing. We just have to decide which stream are we going to jump into. That's right. It is not necessarily easy. I was talking to a couple of clients yesterday and they were, sounding kind of depressed because they hadn't signed a lot of business this summer. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. Let's get into marketing mindset. What are you going to do since we get off this call? What are you going to do this month and next month to bring in leads and try to get your business going and kickstarted because they were just used to the flow coming. So um, that kind of got them back and encouraged because to me, it's all about get into action and you kind of forget about what your problems are if you can get busy. It seems, 
me, like, especially in going through, you know, kind of some of my first, I wouldn't say my very first, because I was, you know, 9-11 happened when I was in college. I definitely remember that, but just in the workforce, like COVID and, you know, the recession of 2008, and then to hear about, I feel like I'm still really new to this recession idea, right? And so, um, even though I've been through it before, and I find that, fascinating that like, I think innovative people are innovative and people are brilliant, but it's not until they're really down to the wire that it comes out mm-hmm. in a, in, in the right way. Right. I mean, I even experienced that a couple of times this week. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do and we're going to do this. And it was more brilliant than what, you know, had I had months of planning that I could have come up with. Um, that's, and you know, that's a natural biological response, not to get into some big scientific thing. Right. But that's, where the adrenaline glands sends uh, adrenaline up into the creative part of your brain, right? And that's why so many of us uh, can write that 20-page paper the night before it's due, when all of a sudden we could never write anything, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, I can write it really brilliantly, right? And that's why some people can do that, and we're so responsive against those urgent deadlines. That's why some marketing people all of a sudden the night before can get the entire funnel built when they couldn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I wonder yeah. where that came from. <laughs> yeah. That happens. That's all the time. Our brains are so responsive that way. And we're such an urgent people. And that's why so many of us are procrastinators, procrastinators by nature, because we become adrenaline junkies. We love that. We love the chaotic lifestyle mm-hmm. because we respond that way. And that's why, and this is a great to bring it back to recession. If if any listeners are scared, look, you're going to do just fine. Just keep a level head, trust your instincts, but you got to go do the work. Don't run. And the worst thing you can do is contract. Don't contract in a recession. Expand, expand, expand. You might have to adjust your offerings. You might have to look differently. You have to to market differently, but expand. Don't shrink, right? Go expand because so many people are going to respond to the fear, right? And don't, it's my favorite lesson of this is the concept from my favorite Christmas movie. It's a, it's a Wonderful Life. And I'm sure some of people have seen it. I'll cry if I start talking about it. So I won't talk about it. <laughs> okay. But in that, during the Great Depression is when, you know, the there's a big run on the bank and all the people run on the bank and Potter, the villain of the show, starts buying up all the properties in the bank throughout all the town. And Harry Bay, er, and George Bailey, Jimmy Stewart's character, realizes what he's doing. And so all he can do is just save people in his little building alone. He realizes Potter's buying everybody for a song because who keeps their level head during a crisis? Potter does. He realizes, wait a minute, there's a crisis and I'm not going to let a crisis go to waste. Now, I'm not telling everybody to be Potter, but just use his principle. Okay, don't let a crisis go to waste and take advantage when you can and expand your business. Yeah. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense because honestly, we can. If what we get is we, we expand on, right? So whatever we're looking at, whatever we're focusing our attention on, if we're complaining, then we're going to get more of the negativity. If we want to focus on something positive, we're going to get more of the positive. And if we want to get into action, focus on that, you're going to get more of the action. But that has to be the thing that is in the back of your head that you trigger yourself and stop your negative thinking before it gets ingrained because you literally can create these uh, neural loops in your brain that don't go away. So if you start on that negative path and you continue that, you are building a neural pathway 
And that is the worst thing in the world that you can allow yourself to do. So it's really important to shift your thinking very quickly away from any negativity so that you can be in a positive uh, flow state. And flow state, and this is really interesting. I read this not too long ago. Um, and I thought this was fascinating because I occasionally have those moments of flow. And they actually often happen when you're. it's not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. So flow can happen when you're in a very challenging situation, but you are in your element and your subconscious is helping you solve the problems without you realizing that you're getting to your destination just by staying in action. Mm -hmm. So the other part that's really interesting about that, and um, I'm so fascinated with brain, but unlike your cell phone where you've got one chemical that's going off in your brain, the dopamine, when you're in flow state, you have six. So if you want to have a lot of chemicals, of happy chemicals going on in your brain, just get into flow state and get into focus on the things that you have control over. And all of a sudden you find that your whole state shifts because you want to, you want to shift your state as quickly as possible. Uh, and I, I love where you went with that because I think if to bring it with the recession, if, especially yeah. if people are thinking about, Hey, how do I, you know, how do I solve that with the recession? Get your, you know, get your team around you, get people around you yeah. and start to problem solve with what's coming up with the recession. And you'll create that environment where you can start to attack these recession problems that are coming up like you would anything. And yeah, you'll start popping off and, and you'll feel great. You might come up with a whole new business strategy or a whole new business line or a whole new business. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. So are you scared of the recession, Erin? I mean, I guess I get a little bit nervous about it just because I don't, I, I have, I don't feel like I've been through enough of them in my professional career. I mean, you know, single mom. So I just bought a house and I know that um, you and I have been talking about how we're, we're both so thankful that I bought when I bought because the percentage rates are going up. So I'm thankful for that, but it makes me a little nervous, but I guess I've looked at what we've done in the past when there have been times that we've had to pivot and I know we can do it. Like we have the team and we've got great clients and, you know, we're here to, to kind of weather the storm. Yeah. You know, Otherwise, we've been doing this for the last 14 yeah. years, right? <laughs> and Aaron said something really interesting that I think is important. And I know this sounds super coachy, but, um, you know, she talked about, well, you know, I'm, I guess I'm nervous because I don't know that was using her words and, to share a lame story. So when I was a kid, I I still remember this, right? I was five years old, staying in my bedroom. And I always was scared of a monster in my closet. I don't know if any of you remember having a monster in somewhere in your house. Under the bed. Okay. Under the bed. Okay. Mine was in the closet and Mm -hmm. I knew like factually there was a monster in my closet and this thing terrified me every night. And one night the fear erupted upon me and I just yelled and screamed, you know, all out. And I screamed for my dad, you know, my great hero of my life, you know, dad, dad, dad. And sure enough, my dad came in and he was, you know, thought something was wrong. And I was like, dad, you're a monster in my closet, please. And I remember pointing at the closet and he came in and he opened the closet and he turned on the light and he said, son, in his unbelievably kind voice, come here. And he showed me there was nothing there. 
And he pointed and showed me nothing was there. And he said, and he, I'll never forget. He said, remember, fear is always what you can't see. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. And then I still asked so I could leave the light on. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay? I'm still five, right? And then I went and lay down and I went to sleep. But I've never forgotten the lesson. Mm -hmm. Fear is always associated. Fear is real. People say fear isn't real. It's not true. Fear, I, I, I felt fear. I know fear is very real. But fear is always associated with that with which we cannot see. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask yourself when you're afraid, what can I not see? So what do you need? More data? Do I need a better plan? Do I need what do I need exposure to to tackle the fear? And when you can do that, then you can, then you can tackle fear. Can understand it. It's easier to say that than do it. I recognize that, but fear is always associated with that, and you can go do it. Great. Well, it's probably time for us to wrap up, and so we're going to give you a chance to give us maybe three key takeaways that people can apply to business or life. And what would you like to share? Uh, the first thing is, uh, if you're seeing the recession and the recession is coming, you have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of because you have time and you need to prepare. So, this is your first thing. Don't be afraid, just prepare. Second thing is manage your cash. Understand how your cash is working. You can do that in your home, which you should, and in your business. And third is surround yourself with the right people, whether they're amazing coaches like the Pearl Collective or whether they're family and friends, but people that are lifting you up, giving you the mindset like Gail talked about that will help you you know, brainstorm, get in that state of flow and move forward. This was really great to get and talk with you, by the way. It was really, really great. Thank you. So fun to have you. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Don, for joining us on our podcast this week. And thank you for listening. It's not always easy to talk about what you'll do in a crisis, but it's important to have a plan and a mindset focused on innovation. Looking forward to seeing you all next week.